Welcome to Couch Critics Canada. I am Tim, and this week I am joined by my trusty co-hosts, cohorts in crime and criticism, Chalupa and Brian. Hey guys, how's it going? Well, it's going pretty good. This week we're talking about Kate Winslet. Hollywood has a great tradition of famous Kates. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, Kate Hudson, Kate Upton, Kate Moss, Kate McKinnon, Kate Mara, and the unfortunate Katie Holmes. Uh, by far my favorite in, uh, by far my fit. wait, I'm going to restart that. By far my favorite and one of the most highly regarded is Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet is now regarded as one of the preeminent actors of her generation. Winslet was a child actor who had humble beginnings. One of her first roles was in a cereal commercial, dancing with the Honey Monster for a Sugar Puff commercial. Uh, she was in over 20 productions at the Star Maker Theater in Reading, uh, rarely being selected as the lead because of her size. Uh, we've done a few dozen episodes, and this is kind of messed up because of how glaring it is. We've, like, we were talking about just retrospectively uh, after 20 episodes oh my god we've done a lot of straight white men uh so in the very first female centric episode we do predominantly it is uh, gonna be dominated by how fat she was as a kid <laughs> um on wikipedia they list her weight in three different systems She's 13 stones, uh, like when she was fat, as a fat kid, she was 13 stones, 84 kilograms, or 185 pounds. So she was a huge kid, but like no bigger than I was. She could have played on the same lineman as me. Um, <laughs> and it like goes into her inspiration to lose weight. Uh, came from playing a role as an obese child when allegedly she saw how fat the actress was that played her mom and how much she resembled her. So she decided to lose weight. Uh, <laughs> Brian, do you think we'd ever see this in any guy's backstory, like lead up to the acting career? No, I, unless they have a weight specific role. Yeah. Yeah, but not likely. Not, not likely. likely at all. <laughs> guys yeah. get guys. Guys get. Uh, Guys get worshipped for gaining and losing weight for roles, though. Yeah. Uh, where you never hear that about women in general. Obviously, like, they don't really talk about how fat men were as kids or not. Well, and it goes on to, like, describe how this must have impacted her entire career, how fat she was. Um, because they're like, well, that's why she's comfortable doing nude scenes, because to promote body positivity, because she was so fat and then she lost the weight. Kate Winslet is a household name, artistic uh, reservation turning down mountains. Oh, she has turned down a lot of, lot of projects just because she didn't feel like it actually was artistic. So she could have been in way more blockbusters, but she's decided to go with smaller roles or more unique ones. So there weren't enough nude scenes in it for her. <laughs> yeah, Possibly. But the nude scenes also had to play a part in what the story was trying to tell. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get too much into Miss Winslet's personal life because I find it weird how we get invested in the sexual lives of celebrities. 
But hypocritically, the next paragraph says that uh, she had a relationship with a man 12 years her senior when she was a teenager. Uh, She met her third husband at a house fire, and her kids are named seemingly out of a hat. We have Maya Honey, Bear Blaze, and Joe. Maya Honey. It sounds like a James Bond love interest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But that that's that's the big uh, <laughs> that's what I have for Kate Winslet is like the uh, important jumping off point. And as I stumble since we haven't recorded in a bit, I apologize. But she is she's got Academy Awards, Grammy Awards, two primetime Emmys, British Film Awards, five Golden Globes. She was Time Magazine's uh, one of the most influential people in the world in 2009 and 2021. Like, she has an impressive career, and she's chosen the roles smartly throughout her entire uh, career. Um, She has 69 credits. Nice. And Uh. uh, (laughs) she has a non-profit uh, founded by Kate and Margaret Escotter, which aims to change the way people... Uh, on the autism spectrum are perceived by shining a light on their abilities and emphasizing their potential. So she's also a pretty big contributor uh, there. Okay. I think that's all I have. Uh, I'm going to pair it on top of a few things. I just didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, So an example, one of the roles she turned down, she turned down Eowyn in the two towers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Miranda Otto ended up taking it. I love Miranda Otto, but uh, yeah, a little fun fact. Well, there's some good connection there with Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Takes all the way back to Heavenly Creatures. Uh 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 Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She keeps her 2009 Oscar in her bathroom. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. So every time she takes a dump, she can take a dump on the Academy? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, her son, the the son Bear Blaze, is named Bear Blaze because one of her good friends' nickname was Bear, and Blaze because her her and her husband met in a, what essentially was a house fire. <laughs> yeah, the house burnt down. They survived. But they wanted something in the fire. Um, <laughs> so Blaze was the name that they came up with. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Oh, overall, I think I think Kate Winslet just seems like a cool chick, even in yeah. all her movies. Like uh, we we joked about a clip from another podcast. I don't even remember what one ages ago where they're talking about. Um, fuck, I can't think of her name now. Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. Mm-hmm. You remember the clip Chalupa that I'm talking about, right? With, uh, where they're like, she just seems like the the perfect oh, girl. Like that yeah, one. yeah. There's the scene from uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, it's like, dude, bro, totally, bro. Yeah, bro, oh, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. That's how I feel no, about Kate Winslet, man. I feel like you could drink like a lot of beer at a pub with her, and she'd have a great time. She'd be like, no, lads. Next round's on me. You're like, ah, Kate, you're the best. Woo! <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think 
you could you could have a good she'd like be up for a good time she'd be one of those people that's up to do like almost anything in terms of like sure let's fucking go go karting that sounds awesome or like and then on top of that she just seems really sweet before we start crushing out these movies and letting people know what to watch of this amazing person that we can all agree on i've got three quotes you gotta guess which quote is actually kate winslet okay let's hear them from a movie or just real life uh these are from real life uh and there's only one that's actually kate so the first one is i am hoping that i can be known as a great writer and actor someday rather than a sex symbol quote number two i burp i fart i'm a real woman quote number three i go through life like a karate kid huh Mm. I think the first one's Seagal, is it not? Yeah, it's Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal? Yeah. Well, um, the guy is. I think it's crazy. the second one. I think I, I remember say... the I burp, I fart. I think that's her. It sounds like a very Kate Winslet thing to say. <laughs> How about you, Chalupa? What's your pick? I'm leaning towards the second one. What was the third one again? I go through life like a karate kid. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I feel it's the second one, but I'm going to go with that one. I, I feel that she's got that tenacity of, uh, you know, like a karate kid. The third quote, the karate kid one, was by Britney Spears. Number two was Kate oh. Winslet. <laughs> Let's go. Good old Britney. Go through life like a karate kid. The fuck does that even mean, Britney? No idea. I don't think she knows Jesus either, that Christ. poor girl. Congratulations on your wedding, Brittany. Awesome. Movie trivia. Do you guys remember your first Kate Winslet movie? Was it Titanic? Uh, he, did I see? Yeah, I saw Titanic before Sense and Sensibility. So yeah, it was did you Titanic. see it in? Did you see it in theaters too? I did see it in theaters. Yes, I did as well. See, I did. <laughs> I remember wanting to watch this movie forever. A kid in King Arthur's court, oh. and, I, and I never got to rent it because, as I talked about with uh, my movie rental store, we would have different colored tabs on the little movie ticker things, and if it was red, it wouldn't count in your five movies for five days for five dollars. Oh, okay. uh, it, 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 it was it was more expensive. It was, it was almost the same price as a new release, which is ridiculous. So I never could could get that. By the time I turned, you know, I was old enough, and it turned into a blue dot. Um, yeah, I wasn't really interested in it anymore. But yeah, that was one of her first uh, American films. But yeah, I think the first one I saw her in was uh, also Titanic. I may have seen a kid in King Arthur's Court before Titanic. It's tough to say. I know I had watched it as a kid. I think I may have seen it before Titanic. Actually, now that you bring it up. Hmm. Oh man, that takes me back. Kidding, King Arthur's <laughs> Court. Yeah, yeah my dad took that. us all to see Titanic because he Daniel... felt it was important. It was such a big movie at the time when that came out. Daniel Craig is in that movie. <laughs> wow. Where does Titanic rank on the top grossing of all time? Is it still in the top three? It is. It's Ew. still Titanic is still number three in top grossing of all time. 
This lady yeah. has made some serious money. Two billion for Titanic. Divergent Insurgent made two hundred and ninety-seven million. Divergent two hundred and eighty-nine million. The Holiday two hundred and five million dollars. And then well, Contagion one hundred and thirty-six. I thought it would be like $205,000. <laughs> uh, by the way, she's in Avatar 2 yes, coming up. Is. Yeah, I noticed so, that. Uh, we'll see what Avatar 2 does, if it does anywhere near the first one, where people are like, ah. Because Avatar is still the top grossing film of all time. Is it? Uh, yep. That's unfortunate. Yep. Avengers Endgame po- is uh, second. You, you mean Pocahontas slash Dances with the Wolves 2? <laughs> Can't wait for it. She also has another movie Lucky coming up people. in 2023 called Naya Legend of the Golden Dolphin. So oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron, oh. though. Uh, you know, James Cameron, I imagine that, that Naya Legend of the Golden Dolphin sounds like Something that, uh, let's see, Jonathan Kay is the director, writer. Interesting. Oh, you can see it in 3D. Elliot Page, Gerard Butler, Megan Fox, Kate Winslet. Damn, what a cast. It's going to pull, I'm telling you. Yeah. Interesting. So what's the first movie we're starting with? Let's get right into Heavenly it. Creatures. Peter Jackson. Written and directed by Peter Jackson. Genius. Uh, I watched the film. I remember seeing bits and pieces of it on CBC. CBC uh, likes to connect to the, the Commonwealth from time to time. Uh, yes, especially especially BBC. It's like we're the little brother of CBC. Uh, but yeah, like I remember seeing some New Zealand and uh, Australian films uh, growing up on CBC. And yeah, I remember <laughs> reading so much about it. It's just like, oh yeah, it was, you know, massive accolades and stuff. It was kind of hard to follow. And I kind of understand the parents' point of view in the film. And yeah, the kids, man, they were they were kind of crazy. They were kind of crazy. And it's based on a true story, if you did not know. Ah. Yep. I didn't know that was based off a true story. Yeah. Yeah, what was the... Oh, I forget the details. At the very end, they talk about it. And they were... How did it go? They went to prison. Or did they go to prison for a while? Because they're underage. Uh, Kate Winslet's character had to go back to England, but she ended up living with her father in South Africa. I'm going to book this story. Um, but they were told never to meet up again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Tim, did, did you, you guys watch movie? it? Did you watch it, Tim? I definitely watched this. This was uh, highly recommended by both of you. And for uh, any of our listeners, this movie is about, uh, like uh, Chalupa said, based on a true uh, story, uh, I don't know how loosely based, but uh, two girls that fall in love and 
out of reality, I guess, kind of. But they're also 100%. this really surreal delusions of this actor that they're in love with and a secret world that they create. And without making it cartoony, I guess, like it, it is wild, the imagery that happens. And it's so hard to follow. And then like you start out so grounded. I, uh, I really love this movie and thank you guys for the recommendation. Uh, I would definitely say I, I like, I was surprised that this was Peter Jackson for some reason. It doesn't really feel like the movies that I'm used to from him. I guess that's just from a early part in his career, but, uh, seeing New Zealand, like it was very close to what I picture like America at that time to look like, but also very different, like uh, as a foreign film, uh, I would definitely highly recommend anybody listening that hasn't seen this movie watch this movie, and I think it's probably on the list of movies of Kate Winslet's that's very rewatchable. Melanie Linsky's in it from Two and a Half Men. Yes. Yeah, she's the <laughs> uh, she's the other girl, right? She actually had a very good career too. This launched her career off big time as well. I believe she was in Fargo too. Yeah. Uh, interesting fact about uh, Parker. It's called Parker. I'm gonna. I don't know the actual last name. Holm. Holmy. Holm. I'm gonna guess. Holm. Holm. Yeah, I'm gonna guess Holm. Uh, so the two of them, uh, they obviously both went to prison. As Shalupa said, oh, they did go to prison. Okay. I can't remember because they were underage. Because they were they were juvenile. Yeah, uh, Juliet Holm later changed her name to Anne Perry and became a successful writer. Both she and Parker now live in the United Kingdom. Oh, they live in the UK now together. Like, or not together, yeah. but oh, interesting. Maybe together. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they they were told not to. <laughs> Yeah. No one's ever broken the law that way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't do this. Okay. Yeah, they both live in the UK now. That's kind of crazy. It's also nuts that she became a very successful writer. I want to look up Anne Perry now. What but it's the... a really good movie. Uh, a little cheesy at times. Um, if you watch the trailer for it, it's absolutely hilarious. You go back and watch the trailer for it. Oh, my God uh it's it's next level cheese the trailer it makes it seem like it's like a horror film uh it's kind of funny yeah peter jackson definitely made his mark with splatter uh splatter films you know like all the blood and gore and sprite and everything and i think this was his big step to get more on the artistic and deep side and it did very well for him uh i i don't know if i'd watch it again personally um, I, like, I get it, um, but once was enough for me, I don't know, like to watch it again and see the really weird, uh, latex slash clay people singing, uh, their favorite opera singer. Yeah. I don't know. Not really for me. The dad was hilarious. I liked when he was singing to the fish. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> but it, it does have some good insight too, to see what young women were expected of, especially in uh, countries that had their private schools. Like it's kind of funny coming from Canada. Uh, you know, I go to Australia, New Zealand, England, and just private schools galore. It's like super common, right? Or even like uniform dress code and everything. 
Uh, Canada, my experience, not so much. Like I know they exist. I know they're around. But uh, yeah, seeing um, younger, you know, women, young girls in, uh, you know, a 50s, 60s time, it looks pretty rough. Yeah. And parents just be like, nope, disowning you or sending you away, doing this, doing that. Uh, I found I found Kate Winslet's character incredibly annoying at times. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do this. I want to go with you. And it's just, and she's coming with us. And it's like, it's like I've had enough of your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Oh, the, joy, the joys of being a parent, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So overall, we all, we're all we all kind of on the same page. Pretty solid movie. Uh, yeah. Would recommend it. It's an entertaining watch. It's just an interesting story. Kind of a fucked up story, too. Oh, so, really fucked up. But yeah, yeah, like the acting was great. I thought the acting was great. The story itself was great. It's just, I don't know. Like It had me captivated at times. Sometimes I was just like, oh, what's on my phone? <laughs> That's pretty decent review. It's like a murderous Alice in Wonderland. There are it could have been tightened up a little bit more, but I, I th- yeah, I see what you're saying. For sure, they For should sure. remake it. Yeah, it's been long <laughs> enough. It's almost thirty years at this point. There's been but enough yeah. remakes. We need new IP. <laughs> no, we need new remakes. <laughs> Mamba. <Keep> <laughs> Stay tuned for our list of movies that should be remade that were crappy that should be remade. Not the good ones that need to be re- that were remade, 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 but ones that were garbage that should be remade into something that's good because there were great ideas an, before. I want to see a Knight's Tale done by Christopher Nolan. Uh, sir, <laughs> he said bad movies that need to be remade. A Knight's Tale does not need to be touched. <laughs> Heath Ledger is a fucking saint. He's a fuck. he's never done a bad movie in his life. An Australian actor playing a knight, but he has highlights. Yeah, Gorgeous. I like it. I like it. And he can uh, dance. There's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with the Knight's Tale on a Sunday afternoon if you just want to put on a movie. I'm gonna. I'm. I, could, will, I will fight could, you. <laughs> He can dance to Bowie. Oh my god. Well, we're not here to talk about Heath Ledger. We're here to talk about Kate Winslet. Sense and sensibility, boys. I tried watching this. I had to turn it off. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Tara, do you want to watch this? She watched a bit of it. She's like, oh, I've seen this before. I don't really feel like watching it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I, can. I've not. I'm guessing it's another period piece, just Snorefest. It is. I can't really do. Who is it? Jane Austen. Jane Austen wrote yeah. it. Yeah. Emma Thompson did the wrote the screenplay. Oh God, she can do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, Ang Lee directed it. Ang Lee, the guy yeah. that did the Hulk. <laughs> <coughs> oh my God! As I die live on podcast. <laughs> Uh, that's, what, that's, that's what our podcast will skyrocket is that the death of a cast member that's how it always yeah. works Ang Lee you know Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon Brokeback Mountain Life of Pi no uh, Incredible Hulk that's all that man will be remembered for Incredible Hulk yeah I know I try to try to you know make him better than he is <laughs> I mean Crouching Tiger was awesome but it was great 
set the stage for a lot of stuff to come afterwards. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Sense and Sensibility, uh, Brian? Anna, best Hulk ever. I said he it. He was a good Hulk. He was a great Hulk. It was just a horrible movie. Oh, man. Uh, I have seen Sense and Sensibility. Thank you, Tim. Of course. Uh, of course. And I liked Sense and Sensibility. That being said, it's been uh, it's been a decent amount of time. It, it is a sense and sensibility falls. So I think it was SNL. Pete Davidson had a skit about how a movie needs the Netflix needs a ninety minute or less category, and that like that's that's the attention span of everyone basically. Um, this falls on the exact other end because I think it's like two and a half hours long. Which for period pieces can tough. Speaking right. of which, uh, uh, you just mentioned Pete Davidson that little clip. Well, I was at the gym today on uh, the Netflix app because I'll pre-download like the stand-up that you guys have been recommending. They have fast laughs now, so they just have a bunch of short clips that you can watch because people are fucking attention spans of goddamn moths. So you yeah. can just watch minor little jokes from all of the shows that you like or don't even watch anymore. It's insane. Wow. But I'll let you get back to your story. Uh, so I, I definitely feel like attention span of everyone is going down, not up, which makes sense with uh, technology and with where we are. Uh, so it may be a hard watch for some people. Uh, from an acting perspective, I think it's fantastic. Right, like you have Emma Thompson, Kate Winslet, uh, Tom Wilkinson, Hugh Grant. Uh, I can't think of the the other dude's name. James Colin Firth. Uh, Alan Perth. Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman's in it. Like you have a great cast. Uh, because it's dull, you nitwit. It'll hurt more. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> no, a wonderful cast. Yeah, just couldn't couldn't stay into it. I was yeah. like, "What's this movie about?" <sighs> Not even Emma Thompson could keep me captivated, and I love her. Mm. So it's a movie about going from wealth to nothing, um, which is which is intriguing. But we can all relate to yeah uh and it's about it's about two older siblings and the relationship they have pretty much mm. like they really don't even focus on the youngest daughter at all <laughs> but um and one is one is basically sense and the other is sensibility <laughs> uh so they're complete opposites combine their powers that's the premise of it sounds cheesy is a little cheesy but i think it's a good movie in terms of if you if you can appreciate a good performance uh that's that's what this movie is this movie is definitely what i would call a performance piece more than a story Uh, and if you are a female you're more inclined to like this than a male i would typically say uh well we're well we're you know sticking to our Classic gender rules. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Just a couple guys talking about Jane Austen. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Love Jane Austen. 
Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Mm. We'll talk oh, about two uh, chef kisses. My goodness. Yeah. I prefer the Pride and Prejudice zombies. There oh go. my god. <laughs> oh my god. I'll need I'll need to watch both at some point. You just need to watch the zombies one. Oh, I'll get hilarious. Yeah. Tim Tim has probably seen Pride and Prejudice zombies. No, but I saw it in chapters and I was very enthralled that they've uh, they were trying to bring back and make things interesting like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and then Pride Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So so good. Um cool. We'll move on then to Jude. Has anyone seen Jude? No. Surprise, it's a performance piece. <laughs> it's a period piece. Huzzah. I've not seen it. Nope. Yeah. Oh, next. Sorry, Jude. <laughs> Bye, Bye, Jude. Jude. Uh, hey, Hamlet, dude. 1996. Hamlet. Uh, I don't think I have. This one I was directed by one. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I have not seen this one. Yeah, I don't know <clears> if I've <throat> seen this one either, to be honest. I I want to see it. Kenneth Branagh directs it. He plays Hamlet in it. Kate Winslet plays Ophelia. Typical Kenneth Branagh. In it. Just has to be a control freak. Kenneth yeah, Branagh. writer, director. Fucker. Actor. Lead. Yeah. Lead actor. Who are you, Mel Gibson? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, this this was nominated for four Oscars, by the way, this movie. Ooh. It got it got best adapted screenplay. Richard Attenborough is in this. Yeah. Uh best music score. So best score. Best costume design, best art direction, and best adapted screenplay. To me, that's... I don't think, like... Unless you do something crazy, I don't think you should ever get a best adapted screenplay nod for adapting Shakespeare. No. Unless it's, like, way out there and, like, kind of done very clever. Kind of like uh, yeah. Leo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. But if you're just doing it, like, kind of how the book tells you to, and, like, you're doing yeah. it that time, pe- time period... Eh, no. No, thank you. Oh, thank you. It's perfect that oh. you mentioned Leo, though. And and while Tim is gone, uh, Brian Blessed or Brian Blessed, he's uh also in the Hamlet, and he played Boss Nass in Star Wars Episode One. So yeah. we'll get that passed before uh, he comes back. <laughs> Make a note of that before before Tim gets all mm-hmm. butt hurt. Uh, episode, episode one. one. Oh, oh, my oh my god. De derp de derp de derp de derp. Tim's not here to talk about his wonderful Titanic experience, but we did mention Leo. And moving on, Titanic is the next film. He's back. Oh my god, we're here, Tim. All right, uh, we it's still a Titanic movie. We're on to Titanic. Just to Titanic right now. Nice. Uh, and because you dropped in, what's your feeling on Titanic? My feeling on Titanic is uh, well, we actually got into a minor argument in the uh, in a previous episode or in the WhatsApp chat because I thought Titanic was a hulking piece of garbage, and you guys suggested to me like now that I'm older, maybe I should go and check it out again. 
So I did. And I was extremely impressed with this movie. I had to watch it at like 1.5 speed because it's still boring as shit. Billy Zane. (laughs) I love Billy Zane so much. The world is lesser for not having more roles for Billy Zane. Um, I'm just trying to find my notes on Titanic. Let me um, pull up your notes. Okay. Go through a little little bit on it. There's some wonderful things that I want to say about Titanic. It is definitely worth a watch if you've never seen it before. I don't know if it's really worth going back to. But uh, it has one of the greatest taglines for the movie posters that has ever existed for any movie ever. Uh, Clyde with Destiny is the tagline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is actually a special memory for me because we didn't get to go to the movies all that often, but because of this being so big, my dad gathered up all the kids. We went into town and we all sat down to watch it. Um, So I was too young to appreciate it then, but uh, the masterclass from Peter Jackson retrospectively watching it this time in James Cameron, James Cameron, my dad for another white guy they all look the same to me uh Titanic crashes the iceberg (laughs) the eagles are coming (laughs) oh my god Gandalf falling off Gandalf falling off the bridge (laughs) I'm I'm surprised you're not more upset Tim just slighted a Canadian like that Yeah, yeah, from Capus Casing, Ontario, folks. Yeah. Well, in Canada, that's where the PCP got entered into the lobster chowder and poisoned the entire cast, minus Leo and uh, Kate. (laughs) Okay. um... How much fun. (laughs) I want to be part of that party. So the reason that Cameron did this movie was because he wanted (laughs) to fund going down to get footage of the Titanic. So we put yeah, it all he's together. A, he's a big deep sea nerd, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It, which is pretty amazing. But what I realized this time, and this is with some prompting from Franchise Fan Guys, a podcast that I will continue to promote, is that he uses the story to make sure that you know every piece of that boat and the general layout, just kind of subliminally. But when everything's chaotic, they've hit the iceberg, the ship is going down, as they're running through the ship, it doesn't feel like you're lost or they're introducing you to new areas. It feels like a natural part of the story, like, oh, we're here. That I felt the story kept kept very contained on this massive ship. It felt very natural as you were moving through it. I was really impressed with that. It looks beautiful. Kate Winslet was amazing, but I read that Rose was supposed to be 17 at the time (laughs) and she's getting married off and uh, having these sexual adventures with Leo. But uh, the the chemistry between them was awesome. Uh, The I apologize. Who's the uh, the American, the oil baron's wife that uh, is on the ship? Uh, Oh, Uh, I can't think of his fucking name. Hold on, I'm pulling up cast, cast, cast. While you're doing that, Bill Paxton, uh, he did a great job. Uh, like, as little as he was in it. Uh, I just, I really liked it. The, the, I liked the beginning where they're, it, it almost felt like Twister, <laughs> like crew going on this, like, science mission. And then, uh, yeah, and then the actual movie was, it was all right. 
you you mentioning Peter Jackson. Um, give me a second to find his name here. But there, the King Theoden from Lord of the Rings, the actor was also the captain of the Titanic, making him a cast member that's been a part of some of the highest earning uh, Oscar nominations and wins in history. So that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Well, Good for him. And the same guy that crashes the fucking Titanic almost gets his entire kingdom destroyed by orcs. So like not a great yeah. run on his part. <laughs> yeah. Go to hell. <laughs> uh, budget of 200 million. And then the box office is 2.2 billion. It's just insane what they took in. Critics gave it a net 87%. And uh, the audience score was 69. Nice. Nice. Perfect. Uh, what do you guys think? So Billy huh? Zane played Cal. The, the young fiancé of, uh, of Rose, who is going to inherit. The, he's the heir to the steel fortune. Pittsburgh steel fortune. If that's what you meant by oil baron. I thought the though Ah, the steel. I thought he okay, yeah, he was a steel baron or tied to that, but the, the old lady, I'm gonna find her name. She was like a Texan. Um Oh, uh Kathy Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, yes. I loved her yeah. character. Giving Leo the suit. Yeah, Kathy Bates, uh Kathy Bates' character was awesome. <clears throat> Molly yeah. Brown character's name. Uh yeah, Titanic obviously uh you know long as fuck. Three three hours fourteen minutes. Uh going back and watching it as an adult, you definitely appreciate it a little bit more. Uh I appreciate the how the like you can tell that James Cameron just wanted to uh that he just wanted to tell a story based off something that he wanted to look into himself uh just because it's kind of like the history behind this necklace (laughs) like that is it's just it's forced right that bit is definitely forced it's been 84 years yeah about Uh, a girl that's getting freaky with leo (laughs) I gotta tell yeah. a shit full of people that I fucked him. <laughs> the guy that drew it, I fucked him. I I do I I do think that it uh there there are parts of the movie that like could have definitely been cut. But what I do like is a good third of the movie is post iceberg. Yeah. Right? Like it's it it shows just like it's not like they hit an iceberg and die. Like it really goes through like the peril of like knowing your your death is pretty much imminent. Right? Uh obviously, you know, there's some there's some cheesiness with uh like running down the hallway away from water and stuff like that. Like that part's a little cheese, but uh but overall I think uh, I think they do a good job of making you feel for all these people and 
I don't think you could do that in a short period of time. So from that circumstance, from that perspective, I like that the movie's long. I also don't think you could do that if it's only 30 minutes before the iceberg gets hit. So like, I don't know how you'd cut a ton of time from the movie, but if you did, I think you can only cut like 30 minutes maybe. Because you need to do enough character building for you to really feel the peril and feel for the people that are dying. You to get empathetic and engage with the the actors. Right? I think and the that's characters. a great point. Yeah, so from that perspective, I can understand why it's as long as it is. Uh, do you need the cheesy before and after story? Like the... She's like, oh, I actually have the heart. I have the... the. It's like... She drops the fucking necklace. Yeah. Uh, No. Like, that to me was just absolute utter cheese. That being said, overall, great. Cinematography in it, fucking amazing. Effects for that time, really good really fucking good mm-hmm. uh leo great performance kate masterful performance uh, you fall in love with her you absolutely fall in love with this girl and that you're like oh man she is dating a douchebag she <laughs> is gonna marry this fucking douchebag god don't damn do it, it rose don't paint me like your french girls when did you guys uh, fall in love with Rose throughout this film? Like for me, it was when she was learning how to spit. I thought that was just so cute and well played and like gross, but the, the, the subverting the class right there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. My uh, favorite was when she was drinking with uh, the, the lower deck folk. And then she's like, you think you're so tough. Hey, and she's like standing right on her tippy toes. And I was like, oh, that's hardcore. Look at her go. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Showing off the ballet skills. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am disappointed that Kathy Bates. So I was just going through the Oscar nominations. And uh, so Titanic uh, ties the record for 11 wins, 14 nominations. Both are ties to uh, Return of the King. I don't know if anything else got 14 noms outside of those two. Far wherever you um, are. Well, it's kind of funny, track. though. It's kind of funny that Titanic and Return of the King both went uh, both went 11 to 14 in the Ooh. Oscars. Uh, and once again, both of them took home. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Return of the King, same thing, didn't take home any acting ones either, right? No, no. Same thing here, right? Uh, yeah. This one took home literally best picture, best director, cinematographer, art direction, which is set design, uh, costume design, sound, film editing, effects, which is sound editing, uh, visual effects, music for song. For My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Uh, we love you, Celine. And then music for score by can. James Horner. Uh, where now, it lost was Kate Winslet. Lost best uh, best actress in a leading role. And Gloria Stewart, the fucking old lady, was nominated for supporting actress. 
What? Get the fuck out of here with that Where shit. Where was Billy Zane? <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Where was Billy Zane? Supporting actress, where's Kathy Beats? Yeah. Now, now this is like... Now, hear me out here. Do you think when these films are nominated with so many Oscar noms and stuff that people don't focus on the acting? Like, the acting gets kind of pushed to the side because there's like cinematography, visual effects, editing, sound, directing, best picture, like the, the, the movie itself is so great that people can't really focus on an, an individual actter. I think that's a great Possibly. point. And if, if you're you know, movie, if you're like, watching for all of those things, you're not going to be paying attention specifically to the acting. And you're probably not going like, to watch at the, it three times. Like, look at the top uh, nominated films. Like, you got a lot of Lord of the Rings. You got some Harry Potter. Um, you got you got Titanic. Emperor was nominated for a crap ton. I know that. Um, what is it? Ben-Hur. But, like, did any of them win for, like, best actor, you know, leading role, female, you know, like, a- actress? Supporting? Maybe a supporting gets tossed in there here and there. I think La La Land, uh, La La Land got nominated for a ton. Nominate, not La La Land, 14 nominations. I think uh, oh. Emma Stone won for La La Land. Yeah, I think that she won for La La Land, yeah. I think Gosling was nominated. I don't think he won. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I was going to say with Bernard Hill, he was the name of the captain as well as King Theoden. He was also in, <clears throat> pardon me, he has appeared in four films that were nominated for Best Picture. Gandhi in 82, Richard Attenborough, uh, Titanic, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Uh, with the exception of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, all the three films are winners in the category. Wow. So, pretty unreal. Good for him. It's like, he's like, it's like you just pick him up and you'll win. It's like Patrick Maroon with the Stanley Cup. <laughs> just pick him up, you'll yeah. win. Um, <laughs> so, that year, we'll look at uh, Best Supporting Actress the year of Titanic. Gloria Stewart if you replace her, I mean, still, I don't think Kathy Bates beats out. Kim Basinger won that year for LA Confidential's fantastic performance. Joan Cusack, In and Out, was nominated. Julianne Moore for Boogie Nights. Also <laughs> Joan won. Cusack for In and Out. <laughs> yeah. And Minnie Driver in Goodwill Hunting, also nominated that year. So that's a yeah. tough year. Uh, also, tough year for movies in general. Um, but I'm looking. Peter Fonda got nominated for Yuli's Gold. You're telling me that you couldn't throw a Best Actor nom out to Leo instead of fucking Peter Fonda? That Robert is surprising Duvall for for the for Apostle. all for all of Leo's movies that he's nominated. That's like a trivia one, and somebody will be like, "Oh, it must have been Titanic." You're like, "Wrong, wrong." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, man. He he didn't get nommed for that. I mean, Jack Nicholson won for as good as it gets good performance i would argue that matt damon in goodwill hunting should have won that or even dustin Hoffman for wag the dog but oh man other oscars episode right there like Uh, i know matt damon and matt affleck won for writing for goodwill hunting but i think matt damon should have like seriously like he was probably seriously considered to win but he should have won that was an awesome role he did yeah uh the oscars just really (laughs) the, the academy loved as good as it gets 
Helen Hunt won for as good as it gets over Kate Winslet, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I remember. I remember all the accolades or like the big talk about it. Yeah, and as good as it gets, I've rewatched it. It's a solid movie, but it's not fucking Academy Award worthy by any. As good as it gets, is that Helen Hunt or Diane Keaton? It's Helen Hunt. Huh. I yeah. Thought, I thought Diane Keaton was in there. Uh, I think you're thinking there was a another one uh, around that time that Jack was in. That was, I think, was with Diane. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. Helen yeah, Hunt, that's uh, not a name I've heard in a long time. Twister. Um. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. As good as it gets. Legend about Schmidt. Evening Star. Mars Attacks. Something's got to give. That's the dialogue. ah. There we go. Yeah. that's the one. Yeah. All right. To, moving on. Yeah, yeah I had to find it. It was like it's something. I'll recognize it once I see the title. God, Jack. We got to do a Jack Nicholson episode. Man. Man's a stud. But yeah, eventually. Um, only other movies with fourteen noms were, uh, you know, I was wrong actually. Lord of the Rings only had thirteen noms, not fourteen. I think. Wow. I think we should push on to the next movie. Uh, is it Hideous Kinky? I watched uh, it. It is Hideous Kinky. <laughs> it is Hideous Kinky. Yeah. Uh, not bad. <laughs> not really great. It. I was excited about it because it's like, oh, a film about Morocco. Sick. So I was watching it on Amazon Prime and uh, I was, you know, getting into it and like, all right, cool. And it's about a woman who is with her two kids uh, in, I believe, two daughters. And they're in Morocco and she's a divorcee and she doesn't really have a job. She's like writing poetry and stories and some people are buying them but not anymore and so she's just kind of like trying to travel around as much as possible on like pretty much just like pennies on the dollar and it's it's just painful to watch and she kind of goes from like guy to guy that she meets along the way Mm -hmm. you know eventually the guy's like well I don't want to be a dad okay bye (laughs) and She's just like it's. I don't know. Like to me, it's just like, all right, this is a good movie to watch if you're thinking, hey, I'm gonna get a fresh start in kind of a second, third world country, and it's gonna be a crazy adventure and it's gonna be so good for the kids. Well, maybe you have a better plan than writing poetry and selling it on the street. Yeah. If you yeah 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 hundred percent and like she's kind of like banking off the money that her. Um, her ex-husband is sending her for the kids. So, yeah. I don't know. It, it didn't really have speak to me a whole lot. Then again, I'm not a single mom that's living in Morocco from England. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Can't say anything bad about Kate. Like She she probably did this because she wanted to kind of get onto the independent scene. Would you say this is a hard pass? Yeah, I would say it's a hard pass. Like even the scenes aren't even that breathtaking or spectacular. Like you're probably you're getting a better uh, scenery shot with uh, the English Patient, for an example, for a North African film, or Indiana Jones, which would be filmed in Tunisia as well as Star Wars. So, Chalupa, do you want to tell us a little bit about Enigma? Yeah, yeah. Tell so, us about Enigma. 
it sucked, but uh, <laughs> it was World <laughs> War II. Trying to, if you're going with Enigma or Endgame with um, Benedict Cumberbatch, where he's figuring out the uh, the, the Enigma coding, hundred percent. Everybody, go to this one. Go go to Endgame. Not don't don't even look at Enigma. Don't even <laughs> think about game. it. It's like they just just imitation game, not end game. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah, imitation game. Huh? Uh, yeah. Don't even think about <laughs> Enigma. It's it's not good. Uh, it's not so much to do with cracking the Enigma code as it is trying to figure out who um, like a spy is that's kind of leaking information to the Nazis within their like not the Enigma group, but like. Uh, friends or people they know and then trying to find this person where Kate Winslet's helping along the way. It's like, oh, you're just a girl. You can't do math. You, you can't crack codes. <laughs> and yeah, very, very annoying and I don't even think Kate did that good of a job in it because it seemed like the director's like, no, you gotta be a stupid girl but you're smart. Okay, stupider but you're still smart. Okay, be really ditzy. And it's just like, oh my god. And it's not like she's ditzy, it's just I don't know. She's pushed around really easily, and her character doesn't really stand out as like, "Hey, that's a good character to, you know, be, have a role model off of." And it's just eating up really cheesy lines and delivering them too. So I, it wasn't very good. Uh, the action scenes weren't very good either. It's just, yeah, it, it was so so. Like even for a World War II film, like I don't know, like they didn't capture what life was like around, you know, like just for civilians and everything. It, it was kind of silly. I would not recommend it. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. better than hideous kink, kinky. I'll say that. <laughs> I agree. In terms of movies about cracking Enigma, uh, Imitation Game is top tier. I remember seeing Imitation Game at TIFF and just being like, holy fuck, this, this movie is so good on so many levels. And we can delve into that during our Cumberbatch episode. No, I believe it's pronounced Mundermatch. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like looking at this though, like I hadn't seen Enigma in probably since like early blockbuster dates. So like 2007, maybe 2006. Uh, it was horrible back then. I have no need to rewatch it. Chalupa kind of nailed it, it. It just it was seemed, on CBC. <laughs> yeah, it just seems horribly directed uh, and written. The filming was bad. Cool. The quality of the film was bad. Oh, and it, I, I guess spoiler, it was a guy that actually was part of the Enigma group. Part of me, I thought it wasn't. It was part of me. <sighs> but yeah, not very good. Not exciting at all. You just see them fail after time after time, and it's just like, man, this this group sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's our next movie? Um, Iris was uh was one where I think Judy Dench won an Oscar for. If oh. I remember, no, she, she was nominated for an Oscar for. Uh, her and Kate both got nominated for an Oscar for this film, but uh, Jim Broadbent is a name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, one best actor in a supporting role for Iris. So pure, pure acting film. Iris, not uh, not much to it more than that. I don't even remember seeing. To be honest, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, the the cover looks familiar, but that's about it. Jim Broadbent's awesome. Big fan. Kate Winslet. All these movies, Miramax Films. 
Um, so anytime I pull up the IMDb, the trailer shows up. It's always Miramax, Miramax, Miramax. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Here we go. Yeah, this is a winner. This is a that's a bomb. A dog. Uh, so uh, great film. This is the movie. If you haven't seen it, any Tim, have you seen Eternal? Did you watch it? I did. Another recommendation yeah. from you guys, and I can't thank you enough. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. So a uh, couple, uh, their relationship goes uh, downhill, and they decide to erase each other from their memories with uh, the medical procedure. Solid movie. Solid movie all around. Hey, uh, Jim Carrey's best acting performance I would say this and Cable Guy, probably Jim Carrey's best two acting films. Um, Kate Winslet's just great in it. Just absolutely great. I This is a movie I've probably watched maybe five times, which is a lot. It's just, it comes up. It came out 2004. And it's just like the movie that we get in a new relationship. And you're like, we should watch this. <laughs> right? One of those. So, yeah. I need yeah. to call my ex. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just a great, a great film overall. Uh, beautifully shot. Uh, it's not, it's not, the way it's shot, it's, once again, I have an issue where movies just get shot close up, close up, close up, close up, close up. Uh, and there's a shit ton of close ups, but there's enough going on in how they're shot that it it I'm drawn to it. It's so unique. The cars falling, right? Think like that scene. It's just so fucking out there, and I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, yeah, I'll let you guys go and get more into it. Tom Wilkinson, sorry, by the way, also really good. The yeah, I know. I got, I got a recommendation to watch this after, uh, uh, I wouldn't say right after breaking up with an ex, but I was still kind of bummed out about it. And it kind of made me feel better. I'm like, ah, well, we're definitely not meant to be together. Because <laughs> we would definitely wouldn't be going through what Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet went through to make sure that they were back together. But uh, yeah, lots of twists and turns in this film. Like, I like, I like a film where I think I know what's going to happen, but I don't. You know, again, like, it's just like, ooh, not cliche. Love it. Yeah, so, it's... and like, that's what happened. And there was even like, on top of that, on top of that, it's just like, you know, like towards the end, it's just like, oh, okay, um, because obviously we're we're talking about movies, and we're not going to have spoil. Like, sorry, we we do spoilers, and you know, people are going to expect to hear them. Um, when oh god i can't remember her name right now for the life of me um no teeth really thin teeth kirsten dunst kirsten dunst kirsten dunst yes when she's when she's like hitting on uh tom wilkinson and then uh later on finds out that she's had her mind erased a bunch of times and this is like whoa didn't see that one coming oh yeah. dirty old tom wilkinson oh you dirty dog you and yeah no, it was awesome i thought it was really really well done great writing um yeah, no, no, I definitely watched this again. I haven't watched it since, but I would definitely watch it again. Uh, before Tim jumps in, Elijah Wood, good job. Yep. Mark Ruffalo, David yep. Cross, yes. David Cross is in it. Fucking love David Cross. 
Yeah, it was Mark Ruffalo. I thought it was part of the reason I thought it was Jack Black. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 not him, not him, not him. Yeah, Tim, what are your thoughts on Eternal Sunshine? We made you watch it. Um, wow, 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 wow. This is an absolute must-watch if you haven't seen it. Um, the tagline, uh, I already forgot how I used to feel about you, I thought was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm only now learning about Charlie Kaufman. Uh, I know that he was a weird guy. I know some of the stuff he's been in. I recognize him from projects and stuff, but I just don't didn't know the story. I still don't really. But because that he wrote this movie, I'm really invested in trying to find out more about Charlie Kaufman. I want to see the Jim Carrey movie where he goes into the character. Um, I saw some of the behind the scenes stuff after I was watching Eternal uh, uh, Spotless Mind. I'm having a stroke. Don't worry about me. Um, but uh, the choices in this movie were very, very strong. You guys pointed towards that uh, earlier. I've destroyed my brain with drugs and alcohol, but I can still clearly remember certain shots of this movie where he's holding on to Kate Winslet's hand in the spotlight on the ice, and then he's alone as the memory fades. Uh, the moments where he's going through the office and Elijah Wood's face isn't there and he's trying to see the face so that he can understand what's happening, where they're in the library where they meet for the first time and little hints of like the, the bookshelves. Instead of saying science fiction anymore, it's gone. And he's looking around and he's, he's running. But like those, those shots were so cool and the choices that they did in them to, to give you a sense of what was happening. But at the same time, they didn't overinvest in the science fiction aspect of it. Very little is shown there. You're just into the story of what is happening. You don't get a 10-minute dialogue on, oh, this is how we mess with brains. Um, but also, uh, they could have changed the soundtrack and made this a horror movie or a thriller. <laughs> but that's not what they yeah. wanted to do. So if very deliberate uh, choices throughout and Kate Winslet's characters that, that changing hair colors and the wigs, I, everything that she did was absolutely de deliberate and a masterclass in all of the women I've ever loved that are fucking nuts. And I love them for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 92% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics, 94% by the uh, audience. Uh, they would shoot for 17-hour days most days to make sure that they got all the shots in. Um, they, the budget was $20 million. They made 79 worldwide. Uh, and Elijah Wood was fucking creepy. The other uh, male characters were all very realistically monsters. <laughs> like uh, Other than Jim Carrey. Uh, the, the the doctor manipulating the young secretary that fell in love with him twice because of the memory removal uh, and just this kind of shitty shitty humanness in it mires like the entire story in the background of what's happening but uh, it did I had one thought that uh, I wrote down is that I identify with the main character in a scary way I have definitely built idealized versions of women putting my desires and my needs to be whole on who I perceive them to be or creating an unrealistic expectation of them fixing me and who they need to be to do that. So like watching this movie, I, I, as staying away from the science fiction and just focusing on Jim Carrey's 
broken nature and trying to make Kate Winslet's character into this healing force. Like it, it was really human, I guess the word I'd use, like realistic that we, we treat each other terribly sometimes and create fiction. Oh, and what if the music video is really boring? I hated it. <laughs> but that's my thoughts Fair on that. Good to uh, know. So you mentioned Charlie Kauf- Kaufman, just so you know. So Charlie Kaufman, uh, he wrote some fucking bangers for screenplays. Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, a couple of years before Eternal Sunshine. Adaptation, he wrote. A lot of mind so far. Being John Malkovich. Another oh, one. A, lot, a lot of brain things. Yeah. Uh, he's one human nature, which I've never seen. But that sounds like a great thing too. Uh, those are the kind of the big ones. Yeah. That, that he wrote. Then he kind of just like fell off. Didn't do anything after that. But like those four alone are awesome. What well, disappointed that uh, so this this movie Eternal Sunshine uh, Eternal Sunshine won best screenplay, best original screenplay. Beat out Aviator, Hotel Rwanda, The Incredibles, uh, funny enough, and Vera Drake. Um, the Incredibles? Boo! Yeah. <laughs> I am surprised that Jim Carrey didn't get a nomination. I think the Academy just hates him. <laughs> yeah. I like looking at this, like, I'm looking at it. Uh, Jamie Foxx won that year for Ray. Great performance. Uh, Don mm-hmm. Cheadle was nominated for Hotel Rwanda, also great performance. Johnny Depp, Finding Neverland, great performance. Leo, uh, The Aviator, great performance. Clint Eastwood, Million Dollar Baby. Uh, I, he like, was I nominated? just don't think there's anything special about Clint Eastwood as an actor. I just don't He plays it. a grumpy old man. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a grumpy old... It's <laughs> It's like when I say Will Smith playing Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, the Academy fucking loved Million Dollar Baby. Right, like oh, yeah. uh, Morgan Freeman won for supporting. Hilary Swank won Best Actress. Uh, it won Best Director, Best Picture. Like fucking, they loved it. Surprised it didn't win like uh, adapted screenplay that year as well. But yeah, uh, disappointed. Disappointed that Jim Carrey didn't get the recognition that he deserved because uh, his performance in that movie is one of his best performances, if not his best performance. I'll throw this out here. Is there anyone that could have stepped into the role that Kate uh, Kate Winslet had and allowed Jim Carrey to have such a good performance? Because you need somebody strong to play off of. I mm-hmm. I think that she probably one of a handful of people that would have had the chops to do it at that time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because yeah, you want I'm someone that's kind of down to earth like Kate too. You wouldn't be able to go Nicole Kidman or no. you know, yeah. Uh, Angelina Jolie. You could have done like a Kira Knightley or something. Yeah, you may. Have she would have been too young. I, I, I was, I was thinking. You know what? I was thinking Kira Knightley as well. But I'm like, uh, she would have been too young at the time. I think. Yeah, yeah, probably a little too young at the time. I think you're right there. Charlie's Theron, because we know that she can dress herself down enough. But even then. Yeah, I don't know. I think Kate was like the casting. As I said, Elijah Wood. Staying with the British credit. theme, Emily Blunt would have been really good, I think. Yes. But, but again, she would have been too young. 
Yeah, so, I'm just gonna look uh, up age. <laughs> like Reese Witherspoon, maybe? No, no shot. <laughs> <laughs> what about without her spoon? Uh, with uh, that terrible joke, what's the next movie on our list? I'm seeing Pride and then Finding Neverland. Yeah, so I have uh, I have Finding Neverland up. As the the next one, maybe I didn't get Pride and Prejudice. What's Pride? Oh, Pride's a TV movie. That's why. Uh, Finding Neverland was the next one I had up here. Yeah, I used to get TV movies. (laughs) Uh, So came out the same year as Eternal Sunshine. Kate Winslet coming out with bangers. Same year. She's getting Uh, back into the mainstream Hollywood movies. Yeah, yeah, she's getting back in. She's building her clout rebuilding her clout after doing all with, these independent ones with Jim Carrey and Ke- <laughs> Jim Carrey and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> well, you know, everyone loves Johnny Depp, right? <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. I would never shit on his bed. Yeah. I would never shit on his bed as well. Hey, the judge thinks that that was, uh, or the UK judge from the previous case thought the shitting on the bed was more likely to be an animal and not her. Fair but enough. The US trial is very different. I actually looked into that. Uh, I watch a guy on YouTube, Legal Eagle. His content's really entertaining. Um, yeah, Finding Neverland. Have I haven't you guys seen, seen it, Finding but if Neverland? you guys have, I'm excited to hear what your thoughts on it on it last time i saw it is when it came out yeah so the premise of it is it's a dude who uh it's about the a guy dude. who created peter pan <laughs> yeah a dude yeah. uh it's What's about the name jp barry yeah jm J. barry pardon me sir oh, okay. jm barry oh sir yeah uh and he he just like he sees his family in a park and like he's like enamored by them and like he starts to get to know them and they're like his inspiration for creating peter pan again a different soundtrack you sound like you're describing a horror movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> well there were thoughts that he was a pedophile uh... yeah well he very well could have been there's also once again the premise that you know peter pan is a villain and that captain hook's actually the hero in that movie. yeah yeah, Peter exactly. Tim. Uh, Tim's like, what? It's like, Tim, how the fuck have you not heard of this? Yeah. <laughs> First off, Captain Hook doesn't want to kidnap children. Captain Hook Captain Hook wants to free the children from Peter Pan. Think about that. Peter Pan wants uh, Peter Pan wants to kidnap all these kids, keep them kids for life. Keep them kids for life. For life? Michael yeah. Jackson style here. Captain Hook never tries to harm any of the other children. Just Peter. Oh. Think about it. Captain Hook's actually the good guy in this in this all. Bang Just bang. bang. Yeah. I want to see that movie. I do too. I really do. Good Who's Captain Hook? In the Chippendales movie that came out. Well, if Captain Hook's gonna be the hero, it's gotta be the rock. Right? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, oh, fucking, um, goddamn, what's his name? Is it Chris Hart? No. 
Kevin Hart. I'm stuck in it. Why is it whenever I do Kevin Hart? Yeah. Why is it whenever I do movie talk with you guys, I forget names all the time. I'm so good at names any other time. I'm just like, yeah, who's that guy? What's his name? Fuck that. I don't know. Is Bill Nye still alive? He would be a great hook, especially if he's trying to free the kids. Simon Pegg is Peter Pan and Bill Nye is his hook. Oh, and, then, and then Nick Frost is one of the Lost Boys. Is like, oh, I don't know, Peter. Cat like, is not a good idea. It's time for us to grow up. Look at me. I'm an old man. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so this sounds like this movie is a hard pass. It's a boring ass like prequel to an yeah. actual interesting movie. <laughs> I remember the trailers. They were sitting on a bench having very touching moments. I don't know. I'd say it's a watch if you're a parent. You definitely watch with your kids, especially if your kids are getting to that age of like 10, 12, maybe, because you're losing your imagination. And, you know, you're becoming more structured. And yeah, I would say it's all right. Um, What do they give it on IMDb for a rating? 7.7? I'd say probably 7. Maybe 6.8 out of 10. Uh, nope, so nope. romance and cigarettes i have ne- i have never seen okay. and i re- i want to see it i just haven't seen it like it's supposed to first off uh written and directed by john torturo Tur- uh, oh. uh i don't know if you're familiar with him i'm not I a am. good actor wonderful uh, actor uh so yeah written by him directed by him but the cast james gandolfini susan sarandon kate winslet Steve Buscemi. To me, that's a pretty solid cast. So, uh, but I'd never seen it because I'd heard mixed reviews about it. Uh, I want to talk about Flushed Away. Uh, haven't seen this movie, down. but I watched the trailers. It looks really fun. A uh, bunch of rats in Britain traveling through the sewers. There's a little hidden society. Kate Winslet plays like a Indiana Jones adventurer kind of character, and uh, Russell Crowe plays a what is his role? Kind of a high-class rat pet. But, uh, yeah. This Halloween, get flushed. I, uh... <laughs> and it's that, it's that claymation, uh, Wallace and Gromit, chicken run kind of style. Yes. Uh, Andy Serkis, Bill Nye, Ian McKellen. Like, it, it seems like an all-star cast. I think this is going to be a fun movie when I can find it, but I don't want to stick on it too long. I think this is going to be cool. And then the next movie after that is The Holiday. Two people having relationship issues swap houses for Christmas vacation. Kate Winslet is wonderful, and by the end, I believe she's in love with a senior citizen. But that's about all that's good about this movie. Don't don't waste your time. There's so many good romantic comedies out there. There's so many great Christmas Bullshit. movies. This is... The, oh my god, this is... Hot garbage. Absolute horseshit. This hot is garbage. not a hot garbage movie at all. There is such good chemistry between E. Winslet and Jack Black, and there is okay chemistry between Jude Law and Cameron Diaz, and there is no chemistry between me and Cameron Diaz. Uh, but <laughs> it is Kate Winslet is fantastic, and this is the Kate Winslet that you love. We talked about it earlier. The Kate Winslet that I love just seems like she's just down for a pint she's nice she's willing to try things she's nice to the neighbor she's willing to help an old man out i believe that kate winslet would do that in real life that's that's the thing and whether she would or not maybe she fucking hates old people you don't know but that's how good of an actress she is 
uh, here's how good this movie is from a romantic from a romantic comedy perspective or from just a romantic movie perspective but when her and jack black get together and they're having they're out for like sushi together and then his ex calls him and he fucking leaves do you not feel for kate winslet when he leaves you're like oh fuck this guy are no, because kidding? she's just biding her time to get back to old wrinkle balls and hang out and talk about oh old movies. God, uh, we will agree to disagree forever about this film. I think this movie's a great film. I didn't uh, want to agree with you to disagree. Movie. Fuck you. <laughs> I think it's a great Christmas movie. I think it's a great romantic movie as well. Nancy Myers, high fives. High fives, Nancy Myers. Moving and, uh, on. Yeah, we'll move on because we've talked about this enough. Yep. So then we'll skip out of loose friends alien people. The reader. Ooh. By the way, Kate Winslet chooses really good movies in terms of ones that'll be nominated for Academy Awards. Uh, she won an Academy Award for the reader. Uh, she won it. This is the one that sits in her bathroom. She won Best Actress. What is the reader? What is the reader? Uh, Post-World War II Germany, nearly a decade after his affair with an older woman came to a mysterious end, law student Michael Byrd re-encounters his former lover as she defends herself in a war crime trial. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm. I was like, I remember seeing this movie. I remember nothing about this movie. But yeah. Uh, it's another period piece, but at least it's like just post World War II, so it's not like a crazy period piece where it's like, how many times are we going to see Kate Winslet in the 1800s? <laughs> like, is she yeah. actually from the 1800s? Is that why she's such a good actress for those time wow. pieces? Wow, Kate Winslet, time traveler? Question mark? Question mark? She's just super obsessed with hoop skirts. I don't know. She likes wearing corsets. <laughs> she really likes wearing corsets and not being able to breathe. So then, uh, Revolutionary Road. Aaron, did you get to watch Revolutionary Road? Revolutionary Cable Road. Back Together. Yeah, and Cable director Sam together. Mendes. It's basically a couple with kids trying to survive. That's like the story of this movie. Uh, so it's it's like, you know, you have your classic housewife, and you have the, the sales dude. I think that's what Leo's in. Is in some sort of sales role. Uh, and they're just fucking trying to survive. Sam Mendes wrote it. Uh, did he write it or just direct it? We'll find out in two seconds as I pull it up. Nope, just directed. So Sam Mendes directed it. That's the guy who did 1917, uh, Skyfall, Road to Perdition. Uh, Sam Mendes is awesome. He likes Leo his Kate. Here's a great uh, tri- trivia piece for you. Just uh, the first one on IMDb. While directing the love scene between Leo and Kate, director Sam Mendez, Winslet's then-husband, opted to watch the monitor from another room. Mendez admitted that directing his own wife in a sex scene was awkward, but added that directing sex scenes are always awkward. Winslet <laughs> found this very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that would be That would be super fucking uncomfortable. Well, you hire your wife to play a role. You're like, yeah, I might as well put a, you know, write a sex scene in there. Get out of here. He likes to be cucked. Admit it, Sam. Admit it. 
That's the most That's involved in jerking room. off from a closet I've ever fucking heard of. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was rubbing one out, right? Don't come <laughs> right. in here! Don't, go, don't come in here! <laughs> Almost done! I mean, I'm we're, we're the I'm seeds. directing! I'm directing! <laughs> <laughs> almost done! I mean, the seed's almost done! So many hoops to jump through to just get cucked by your wife. She just says no, and you cast her in a movie. Just say, I'm gonna be in another room. <laughs> I'm your boss. You have to do this. Stink oh a pinky God. in there. Alright. Uh, so, Revolutionary <laughs> Road, we haven't seen. I believe this movie comes just, up quite a bit to check it out. Oh, right, you've seen saw it. it. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend this movie as a checkout? <laughs> yeah, it's a movie to check out. Uh, Kate and Leo have really good chemistry. It's well directed. The story's a little drab because it's literally like, how many times have we seen the couple struggling to survive story? Right? Like, Ad nauseum. Uh, yeah. So, it's, I don't even, I think it takes place in like the 80s or something. Like, it also takes place in a fucking super boring decade where everything's kind of drab. Yeah. Uh, the 50s? 50s. There we go. See? Uh, it's the same shit. Eighties and the fifties. It's like uh, people it's that say that the eighties were bright and vibrant. No, I don't know about you guys, but my childhood was fucking everything was brown. Like <laughs> anything left from the eighties that my parents still had as I was growing up was brown or orange. It's yeah, like, oh. brown, the, the old black, orange, and brown and white uh, fucking blanket. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and uh, what is it? A wood panel. Ooh. Oh, yeah, wood Sexy. paneling. Let's panel yep. our basement, guys. That, Let's panel our be cars. Yeah. Better put carpet over that hardwood. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's a little drab at times, but overall, good performance. Solid story, even though it's been done a ton. And, uh, yeah, just solid chemistry. So, okay. I would still recommend it recommended movie i'll definitely check it out and then when we get to the leo one just because it's uh that nice crossover um i think i said coxover but uh oh i like it coxover coxover what is our next movie on the list carnage i have carnage man my favorite spider-man villain so cool cletus cassidy amazing I, I, I was so surprised to see Kate Winslet playing uh, Carnage. So I Carnage. So this movie, it's funny. It's a Polanski film, but it's based off a uh, a play. Ooh, Polanski. Ooh, it's Polanski. Based off a play, and my wife and I saw a Broadway version of this play, and it's such a good story. It's so simple, but so fucking hilarious i've never seen the movie but the story of carnage is these two boys get in a fight at school and the parents get together for a dinner to try to like oh and it just fucking like they become childish more childish against one another as it goes it's so funny i absolutely love it i highly recommend that even i haven't even seen the movie I recommend watching it just because the story is fucking. Yeah. Is that the play play was so good. So what about the Polanski connection? Is that 
Like, that seems weird to recommend a movie by a sexual predator, right? Like, are we past that? Is that part and parcel with what we do? Is, like, got to separate the uh, art from the artist? Exactly. So I'm a big proponent of separating the art from the artist. That's, uh, you have so to. For me, I will listen to Michael Jackson. I fucking love Michael Jackson. Uh, do I think he probably diddled some kids? Yeah. He probably did. <laughs> he probably did. Maybe. There's, yeah. But, you know, it's it's not – there's no proof, right? But – at the same time, it's there's enough there's enough out there that like yeah, it's pretty believable they probably did something. Right? Uh, do I think Kanye West is a fucking psychopath? Absolutely. Uh, do I like Kanye West's music? Absolutely. Do I think he's one of the best producers of all time for hip hop? Absolutely. Okay. Do I like him as a person? No, he's a scumbag. Isn't Mel Gibson an anti-Semite? Yes. Does he know story structure and able to direct like a fucking god? Mm, yeah. Say what you want about Mel Gibson. The man does know story. You know, it's, it's like Pete Davidson when he's talking about like every time you, uh, you know, buckle in in a Ford you know, Ford car should be like, yeah, Ford hated Jews and, you know, like, supported the Nazis in World War Two. So, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people have things going on in their lives that you don't agree with and make them horrible people, but you can like them for what they do on, you know, the screen or for music and everything. And, you know, if, Hey, what, what, what was uh, Pete Davidson saying too that I thought was a good idea? It's like maybe don't give like money to the artist if you don't want to pay them for their like album, but donate it to something that maybe they fucked up with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. it's always was, a possibility. I was watching the news today. Uh, there was a British Foundation for uh, Human Rights. And she was making a really interesting point because uh, currently there's a big to-do with a Saudi Arabian golf tournament stealing away a lot of uh, PGA Tour uh, people because they're paying enormous sums of money, like $125 million to be a spokesperson for this new league and stuff. And she's like, all right, the fact is there's all this foreign money coming in not going to tell you not to watch the sports that you love or the uh, the athletes that you like. Just try to do some research and be aware of where the money's coming from and understand those things at the same time, which I think is probably a pretty evolved way to do it, is that the world isn't black and white. There's a lot of gray and educating yourself as you go through. Carnage, um, as you said, that it was based on a play. As I've been editing a lot of these episodes, I'm finding that I'm quite drawn to movies that play out like a play. Uh, so I'm definitely going to check this movie out. That sounds very interesting to me. I like when things are shot and the way they're shot, it makes me feel like I'm watching a stage. Yes. Like, I don't know how to describe it. So like, I really like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the Amazon show. And when I watch it, I feel like it's a Broadway play. When I watch it the way it's done especially their apartment scenes and all that it it just feels like a Broadway play I I can't describe it perfectly but it's yeah uh, so the, the play is called God of Carnage by the way or uh, 
the original French version with Le Dieu du Carnage, which is God of Carnage, what it translates to. Okay. I'm really happy uh, to see Christoph Waltz and uh, John C. Riley in this too. You figure that they'd yeah. be good character foils there for sure. Yeah. So uh, we're all going to go watch this together, uh, like including our audience. Because, yeah. In our Discord. Uh, it's such a simple story. It's such a simple story, but. Uh, not having seen it, I'm very curious. I'm interested to see how it goes on for an hour and a half or however long it is. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. I think it's definitely time to push forward. Contagion. Talking about a pandemic, that would yeah. never happen. Yeah. I think I think this is like the hottest film in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have watched this recently. Uh, <laughs> Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, God, what a cast! I'm assuming like it out- has something to do with the virus. It's like Outbreak Number Two. Yeah, Do uh, you guys watch Mary Outbreak? I loved Outbreak. That's the one with the monkey, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Patrick Dempsey almost gets everyone freaking caged. Infected, crazy guy. <laughs> the tagline is Demon. "The world goes viral September 9th. Uh, Steven Soderbergh directed it, so that's your uh, director of traffic, Aaron Brockovich. Uh, solid director, just your classic fucking pandemic. Movie. I mean, it, no one turns uh, into zombies, if I remember. <laughs> that's that's one difference. Donald but, Sutherland doesn't blow up a whole town. Yeah. Titanic yeah. deleted scenes. Deleted yeah. scenes, so it's only an hour and a half long. <laughs> uh, yeah, contagion horror thriller. Nothing, nothing crazy about it. Uh, next, Titanic deleted scenes, movie forty three. No clue oh, what this even is. So funny. It's just it's, it's an all-star lineup and it's kind of like um how they had shorts before mm-hmm. uh that Kate Winslet was part of. It's just a lot of big name actors and they're all just having fun and making jokes and like it's a bunch of short stories. Next on our list is a movie called Labor Day. Have either of you seen this? Josh Brolin, Kate Winslet. Um so Kate Winslet is uh, her and her kid stumble across Josh Brolin and they try to help him out. I think they feel forced to. Uh, it turns out he's an escaped convict. They don't realize it when they try to help him out. Uh, and then, you know, they as they get to know him, they they get to love him. Uh, I don't know. This may be like one of the worst Kate Winslet movies I've seen personally. I just I like Josh Brolin too. It's just Josh Brolin in this kind of role made me want to fucking vomit. Uh, James Vanderbeek's in it. Oh yeah, the Beak. Yeah, if it's got him, Toby Maguire is in it as well. J.K. Simmons was the writer. Oh wow, yeah, I guess so. It's based on the novel. (laughs) Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah. All right. So this sounds anyway. like it's going to be a hard pass. We've all seen this movie or kind of movie before. And if nothing stands yeah. out. 
uh, Divergent. Divergent. I uh, never I watched. watched it. I've heard of it. Uh, I saw the first one in the series. Yeah. Uh, very much around the Hunger Games kind of uh, era of uh, teen movies. So we like had yeah. the Maze Runner, all those knockoffs. Yeah, uh, teen dystopia. Teen dystopia is what I call it. <laughs> teen dystopia is a perfect uh, title. I think we'll probably see a resurgence of that. I know that's probably one of the fucking knockoff names they go with. Uh one choice can transform you. Yeah, I have a note here that this is just a parkour Hunger Games, which, don't get me wrong, I actually liked Hunger Games quite a bit, and this was probably I enjoyed more than Hunger Games. Um, it's a society-based, uh, a utopian society where you're, you take a personality test and then they put you into very specific groups. Um, yeah, there's like five groups, and you're throwing into one of those specific groups. Based off your personality and your physical attributes. Yeah, and Shayna Woodley's character has more than one, so she's a divergent where they would normally just kill you. She's able to hide, and then Kate Winslet's character is the villain. Um, There's really not a lot to say more about these movies. You have the whole general idea. Like, critics gave it a 41, audience gave it a 69. Nice. Uh... And as much as Winslet hates franchises, uh, what was her quote here? I just think of something that's prepackaged, something that you can uh, binge, uh, put on a shelf and then immediately dispose of. I don't know. It's really weird for me. But the reason she did this was that she had her kids and she wanted them to think that she was cool. So she did this movie and like her kids at school during like while it was coming out got really popular because oh my god your mom's a divergent uh no hygienic no (laughs) yeah that's that's all my notes on this they're (laughs) worth a watch if you're just looking for something super simple if uh yeah you're you're kind of into that cw mindless uh stuff really nothing wrong with it nothing that really stands out yeah and like shailene woodley kind of took off around this time uh but it wasn't because of this role let's let's make that very clear (laughs) um cool so then we have a movie called a little chaos directed by alan rickman just a little chaos (laughs) never saw this movie didn't even know it existed curious because it's directed by alan rickman and it has stanley tucci as well and i like stanley tucci a lot did, uh, Great Rickman Dad and Easy A. Alan Rickman has only directed two movies. One called The Winter Guest in 97 and this one. He should direct another one. Yeah. Po- they can release it uh, posthumously. It's been done already. You didn't know. It'll be like Norm's special. Horrible. Is, is it like uh, Tupac is like the hologram? <laughs> Alan Rickman's here to write a direct, sorry, write and direct a movie. What? They can, they can put Alan Rickman in this the way that they put fucking in movies now. The way that they put uh, Paul Walker in the Fast and the Furious. Movies. Oh god. Oh nice. my. Yeah. Uh, All so right, moving on. See so <laughs> we move on. Good times. Good times. Uh, Divergent, Divergent series, Insurgent. 
<laughs> Divers and insurgents. I, I feel like yeah. we've covered all of these. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve uh, Jobs? Yeah. What this is, is the, the Michael one Fassbender one? This is the Fassbender one. So, this was the one where, you know, you had someone, you had the best performance of Steve Jobs that you could have in Fassbender and Seth Rogen being a pretty solid Wozniak. Yeah. Mm. I should watch it. I haven't seen this one yet. When when the Steve Jobs movies came out, I'm like, eh. There's so many at once. It's yeah. too much. Sorkin it's like... wrote this, so you get tons of uh, you get tons of scenes where he writes it in the screenplay. He's like, you we'll have to, to do down in the alleyway. We'll have to do a vote because there's been a couple times where there's been movies that have come out at the same time or around the same time from like Rival Studios that are like pretty much identical, like The Prestige. And the Illusionist, yeah. And then like there was like the two Herculeses, there was the two Tarzans. Like it's very strange. Yeah, it's like so it like it leaks out. Like we could do a better one. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an interesting top five. We'd have to find the right way to phrase it. But like, what is the? I best would say version? top five. I, I would just say like a just a straight up head to head or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the tagline for this movie is can a great man be a good man, which is the thing that separates uh, the Steve Jobs movies from the Ashton Kutcher portrayal and other ones is that some people felt like this one was a lot meaner because uh, they didn't really show Jobs's uh, reconciliation, becoming a good person after he left Apple the final time. Uh, the director of Pixar, I think it was, said like he knew him in the later years. He really calmed down. He was better. Uh, I really recommend this movie. It was a lot of fun. We've talked about movies that are like plays. All of these, uh, like it's all these different scenes of his life from different launches. So it's always before and during a launch for all the big Mac things. Uh, Jeff Daniels was in it. He, he was great as well. Um. Yeah. So ninety percent of the movies. Was it Jeff Daniels or Kurt Russell? Who could tell? <laughs> uh, they <Me>? really. <laughs> <laughs> they don't shy away from uh, showing Jobs as flawed. Uh, so a lot of walking and talking. Christian Bale, Leo DiCaprio, both had signed on and then left the role before it ultimately went to. Uh, who Who was the guy that played Jobs in this? Michael Fassbender. Fassbender took it on. Um, the music is actually really interesting when I was reading up on this. Um, during the 1984 section of the movie, like those years, they used all analog instruments. And then the score turned to orchestral during the next portion. And then in the final, it went to digital. So they really switched up how they did the music to fit the times that they were in. Um, they also did the same with the cinematography. Uh, the first uh, format uh, during up to 84 was 16 millimeter. And then they went to 35 millimeter for the 1988. And then digital when they were showing the 1998 uh, years. Daniel Damn. Pemberton the music interesting facts interesting facts uh directed by danny boyle ah yeah i like him yeah danny boyle's a solid director uh you know slumdog millionaire 28 days later 127 hours train spotting 
did the Lust for Life music video to go with Train Spotting <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, good guy. I love Danny Boyle. Uh, side note, Fastbender. I think Fastbender may be my choice for. I always talk about who the next Bond should be. Mm. It's always Fastbender. I think is up there as a as a good Bond choice. It's between him and uh, Idris Elba, but Idris is getting kind of old, and they've taken a while to choose a new Bond. So Fastbender's kind of old too. Yeah, but Fastbender looks younger than Idris looks. An Irish German. Yeah, I think he can pull it off. I think he can do the accent. No problem. Apparently, he's got a massive schlong too, so that'll work out for James Bond, right? Yeah, exactly. Just chokes the guy out. <laughs> <laughs> so Idris Elba turn turns fifty this year, and Fastbender is forty-five. Yeah, and he turns so turn so Idris Elba is five years older than yeah. Fastbender. So that's, Fast a, that's an extra do... one to two Bond films. I was going to say one to two Bond films for Fastbender. I don't know. we got to go younger than that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I definitely contemplated him, but that's like that was like two Daniel Craig movies ago where I was like, well, oh, that, he'd be all right. Well, that's the thing, man. Bond franchise has been all over the place the last like seven years. It's been like, all right, choose a new Bond. Let's get this. I love Daniel Craig, but let, let's move this thing on. You can tell he doesn't want to do them. It's showing in the movies. <laughs> oh yeah, let him retire. But speaking of, am I dead on, yet? No. Uh, if the we don't have maker. anything more to say about Jobs, what is our next movie? The Dressmaker. Anyone seen The Dressmaker? No. No. Skip Triple Nine. No. What the fuck is Triple Nine? Casey Affleck, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Anthony Mackie. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. How have I not heard of this movie? Aaron Paul, Woody Harrelson, Kate Winslet, Gal Gadot, Anthony Mackie, Norman Reedus, Jesus Christ, Michael Kenneth Williams. How have I not heard of this movie? No one, no one has seen. I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna flag it as something that I kind of want to watch. I like a good heist movie, and this is a heist movie that has a great friggin' cast, huge cast, massive. Um, all right, Collateral Beauty. Uh, Will Smith, are we still allowed to talk about Will Smith or is he canceled? Nah. No, we can talk about him. I don't give a shit. Let's uh, talk about this poor, poor man needing a divorce. I know just don't talk about his wife, for the love of God. <laughs> Brian, behind you! <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm bald too! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh... I don't know. This movie was kind of cheese to me. Collateral Beauty. It's just Will Smith is such a interesting actor. He's such a polarizing actor because there are movies where I think it's more script based than performance based with Will Smith. I think if the script is good, he's a good enough actor that he can deliver an amazing performance. But I think if the script is bad, like this one, the performance is fucking horrible. So, uh, just so I don't fuck it up, here's the IMDb synopsis. Retreating from life after a tragedy, a man questions the universe by writing to love, time, and death. Receiving unexpected answers, he begins to see how these things interlock and how even loss can reveal moments of pain and beauty. 
So if I remember, Love, Time, and Death are essentially three women that show up in his life after he's written to them, literally representing those three things. And Kate Winslet is one of said women. I've heard of this, yeah. Let me guess, this is just Oscar bait? Uh, poor Oscar bait. I don't even think it got any nominations. The yeah. intention to uh, which they made this movie. It, it got worst screen combo for a uh, Razzie nomination. The entire cast of once respected actors. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie was utter cheese. It sounds like a cool concept, but it also, to me, when I hear about a movie like this where someone's writing time and death and then the movie's PG-13, I'm like, well, you, you're not, it's really not that heavy really on it. It's not heavy like it should. It's just surface level cheese. So yeah edward norton's in it so kate winslet's worked with two of the hulks that's my big takeaway <laughs> yeah no yeah. she's worked with all three she's worked with all three yeah lou ferrigno oh <laughs> uh, well, that'd be four then <laughs> but yeah she's worked with eric banna yeah oh, did she, what, what, what is no wait did she work with eric banna she has because she worked with mark ruffalo i don't think she's she... worked with banna no i don't think so either now that i think of it yeah so this sounds like this movie's a hard pass yeah not worth it yeah it's worth it if you want to make fun of uh will smith i think the only other thing that i've seen that uh miss winslet has done is mayor of east town mayor of east town that was a recommendation by chalupa and thank you for that i haven't gotten too deep into the series but the first couple episodes were really good Oh man, wait till wait till it wraps up. HBO original miniseries. Very interesting. Ah. Really good, man. Like yeah, a good detective uh, series. Yeah, I think you and Daniel would really like this. Um Yeah, a bunch of awards. Uh nominated for a bunch, but uh primetime Emmy winner, outstanding lead actress in a limited anthology series or movie, Kate Winslet. Uh, outstanding supporting actress in a limited and a limited or anthology series or movie, Julianne Nicholson. Uh, outstanding supporting actor in a limited, the Evan Peters, and outstanding production design or a narrative, contemporary program, one hour or more, and that had a bunch of nominees there. But uh, wow. yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, really good. Work. Uh, Kate Wins is playing an American. Uh, she's a detective in her hometown. She hasn't left, and it kind of flashes back to like her being in high. Not, not a flashes back. Pardon me. Not. It's not like a flashback series. But there's always reference references made of her being like on this high school basketball team that won a championship, and she like there's a thing where they get the starting lineup to go back, and there's a reunited group of them and they're all connected obviously with a small town in uh this murder and missing women and everything like that too and it's really well done it's it's really well done it's it's amazing how well they they had so many characters and it all tied in there's so tim hasn't seen it so i won't spoil it here but there's a couple times where there's a lot of questions on some like goof ups and stuff or like there's just plot holes where it's like well what happened there or just questions of like 
okay, why was that such an important scene when they didn't really refer back? Like they didn't, they didn't bring it back to like be made to be a reference. So it kind of just threw you off, but for the wrong way. Like they'd be like, they'd be like oh, well, this must be important, but it really wasn't. So I was like, what the fuck? So, um, but yeah, no, great acting, great story, very tense. Oh man, there's a couple times where like Tara and I were on the edge of our seats. And yeah, no, I just highly recommend it. Uh, I'd say it's probably one of the best miniseries I've seen since Band of Brothers. Wow. That is high yeah. praise. Yeah. Uh, her physical Congrats. acting in this is really different from the other roles we've seen her in, where she's doing like a limp and a lot of, a lot of body work. A lot <laughs> she seems of body very, work. She's like very lethargic as well. It's funny. Like she's like not chasing people down. Um, but yeah, like she's just like cracking beers all the time, eating shitty food. Like she's like your typical fucking beat cop, man. Yeah. Mary's gonna have my ass. We got another <laughs> missing woman. I'm right. up for my up for my tits and paperwork. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. And then her mom. Who is her mom? Jean Smart. She's so good as as Kate Winslet's mom in this film. Oh, sorry, this miniseries. She does a oh, great nice. job. Yeah. Very, very good film. Uh, miniseries, if you will. Gene Smart's in, like, uh, a lot of movies from the early 2000s. I, like, she's in, like, yeah, uh, she Garden his... State and I Heart Huckabees. Like, yeah. Lots of those movies. Well, she has such a familiar face the whole time. I'm like, who is she? So I kept looking it up. I'm like, oh, it's her. And, oh, yeah. No, she's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, she did a great job. Did a great job. There's this great scene where she goes to the freezer and grabs like frozen vegetables, like a big bag of frozen vegetables, but it really, it's ice cream in there. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's clever right there. That's a great idea. Yeah. Do you guys remember, uh, the oblongs, the cartoon? Yes. With the, like yep. the, so Jean smart voices pickles in the oblongs. Nice. She voices the mother. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, just a fun little fact. It'll Will Ferrell and Gene Smart. Yeah. All right. Um, outside of that, uh, Ammonite's the only other movie worth talking about, I think, for Kate. We're at the kind of end of her bio. Ammonite, I have not seen. I've heard good things. Uh, it's her back doing a period piece again. She's in the 1800s. She's, a fossil uh, hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah. A fossil hunter. Is... Well, I wonder why they chose Fossil Hunter for this synopsis well, there. Well, with a name like Ammonite, who knows? Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I, I guess maybe she's not, like, specifically, like, a, like an anthropologist or something. Like, she's just a, just a fossil hunter. <laughs> it's She's, like, unofficially... Uh, She's not, un- not a paleontologist. She like a, she, yeah, she doesn't have a fucking, was it like PhD in anthropology or something? Yeah, I don't know. But it's super weird that they chose Fossil Hunter. <laughs> to me, it sounds like they thought anthropologists would appeal to people with the synopsis. So that they so they go with uh, Fossil Hunter instead. They, they need to dumb it down for a mirror. That's what that yeah. sounds like to me. I bet there was some but, stickler on the set that was like, actually, archaeologist wasn't a word that was invented yet, so she's just a fossil hunter. 
<laughs> Possibly. Uh, but I really like Saoirse Ronan as well, and it's it's her and Saoirse Ronan are the two. Uh, so I, I'd be curious to watch it. Uh, I really like Saoirse Ronan, and um, yeah, not much more to it than that. Seeing her back in a period piece in the 1800s in England, where she belongs. <laughs> uh, yeah. It belongs in a museum. So do you, Kate. <laughs> she just keeps coming yeah. back to try to drag Keanu Reeves back to his own timeline, too. And he refuses. Oh, my God. Uh, so as we're wrapping this up, uh, any extra thoughts on Kate Winslet? Now that we've seen the entire spectrum of what she does, is there any projects that you you're not looking forward to seeing her do anymore is there anything more is there now that we've seen how many misses she's actually had i didn't realize there was that many movies in this list that are like meh but uh, just kind of curious on what your guys thoughts are now that we have a full perspective on kate uh i don't there may be misses but i don't think a lot of them don't stem from her acting like, if anything, some of these movies that were misses, she elevated, but just didn't get there. It's also weird, like, the from, like, 2015-ish onwards, when, I guess, since she became a mother, right, like, uh, like her kids grew a bit older, she started to do Divergent and shit like that, maybe, like, take it from, like, 2010 onwards, you really stopped seeing, like, the, the, like... I don't want to say method, Kate, because I don't think she's a method actor by any means, but, like, it doesn't seem like she's putting in as much effort. You know, I'm not saying mailing it in, because I don't think she's the type to mail it in, but I think, like, you know, your focus has changed, but you still need to make money, right? Less artistic, more corporate? Could be that, could just be... Just a sure thing, a sure thing. Yeah, maybe not even a sure thing. Maybe more like, how long is this going to take to shoot? Can we wrap shooting in four weeks so that I can go back and see my kids sooner? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Things like that. Is this going to shoot locally to where we are? Lot like stuff like that. I imagine matters a lot more when when you have kids to different people. And Kate Winslet strikes me as the person that loves family time. That's why she's a gem. That's part I of think, why I love Kate Winslet. I think after Mayor of Easttown, I think a lot of people were like, oh yeah, Kate Winslet, fuck yeah, she's kick-ass. I think she'll get a few more roles. Maybe she'll do some more TV. Okay. But uh, I think this is the... I don't want to say it's a second wind, but I think she'll have like a good like three pretty solid films slash like, TV series in the next ten years. Like, solid yeah uh and my next question for you guys is uh having someone had listened to our entire episode i want you to pick two must watch kate winslet movies from the list of the movies we went through gotta just be two what are the ones that you would really suggest someone check out for uh kate winslet oh gotta be eternal sunshine of the spotless mind gotta be the number one i think uh Number two, Ooh. I mean, holiday's up there, <laughs> but uh, I don't think holiday would be number two for me. 
I think Eternal Sunshine, and I think you gotta watch Titan. Just as an overall movie, it's a good epic. Uh, I think it it tells a fantastic story. If you remove the first ten and the last ten minutes of just like stupid framing with the old lady, um, yeah, I think those are my two. How about you, Julie? I'll try to go. I was going to say Eternal as well, but I'll go a little bit off there. Um, just because I like to see where people came from and what they did into like how they shaped what they are now. I will definitely say um, Heavenly Creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you could, like, I remember watching that and being like, this makes so much more sense now. Because it wasn't the first Kate Winslet film I watched. But watching it, it's like, I can definitely see how this was like you know this the structure to where she went up right like it was like it was the the or the, the solid ground level that the foundation that really helped the structure of what is now kate winslet mm-hmm. yeah superstar and the second one i'd go with would be maribee east town okay like Ooh. it's 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 a really good detective it's like i would say i, I haven't watched true, uh, true detective yet any of the series i hear great things about them but I would say it's just as good as that when it gets rolling and like the wire and stuff. Like you just get hooked on a couple episodes. Like Tara and I would be like, another one? Do we watch another one? Do we got time to watch another one? And yeah, man, like it's good. It's really good. Uh, for me, and I would Tim? have to say Heavenly Creatures and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because those are just fucking showcases for how talented this person is. And then you can choose if you want to go watch other movies, but these are the ones that are really going to be focused on what she can do uh, as an actress. And uh, yeah, and then you know what a Kate Winslet movie is after that when she is in full form. Last question I have for you guys before we uh, maybe sign off, but uh, if we got time... What project would you like to see Kate Winslet do? Uh, what movie, what TV series? If you had an idea of where you want to see her in a project, what project would you like to see Kate Winslet in? I So there was a show that I used to watch. Um, oh, why can't I think of this fucking name? Uh, Ari from Entourage. Why can't I think of his name? Actor. Uh, Jeremy Piven. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Jeremy Piven was in this show called Selfridge. Mr. Selfridge. It was about... It was a British period drama about Selfridges. The, like, big shopping store. One of the first department stores ever. If not the first department store ever. And was so well done but such a crazy show the whole thing takes place like during like the the early 1900s in london um where you have an american who comes over who wants to uh build out a department store right uh but there's, I would love to see her in like that kind of a period when the suffragette movement's happening, all of that. I think that would be, that's an area that she hasn't really, that's a time period that she hasn't really touched. 
right? Uh, I think she'd be good in that type of a drama as well. Uh, I would love to see it. That'd be cool. Uh, Chalupa, did anything pop up to for you? Uh, I was kind of thinking, and I was like, it'd be really cool to see her do some kind of like uh, monarchy role, yes. like playing like a queen, a queen or something like that, or an empress, um, or a duchess or something like that. And then I was thinking, like, well, it'd be also really cool to see her play in like medieval, maybe Roman Viking time, you know, something like maybe with like if, if somebody did a, a film on like uh, the Romans and the Gauls or the, the Romans and the Thracians or something like that, have her as some kind of like, I don't know, high priestess or something like that. That was very influential or something or in the Senate in, or not in the Senate, but part you know, in there or like Greek or something. I think that'd be really cool. I I, I think I'm, I'm picturing her wearing some kind of like white robe kind of deal with a little medallion Mm -hmm. and then uh, her hair all done up and curly and stuff and just kicking ass and, or like, or even going like the kind of more pagan route than having some like paint and stuff. So I think she, I'm kind of waiting for that where she's not like, lead role maybe like obviously like she can fucking crush any role she gets she's kate fucking winslet but um like even if she's kind of like more just like kind of an influencer here and there yeah yeah well that just gave me an idea uh playing off yours i have mine set aside but uh the honor harrington books are uh close to my heart my brother and i always uh, go back to those but uh Having her, because she doesn't really do a lot of sci-fi, as a ship captain or admiral, she could mm. like bring quite a level of authority to one of those roles and realism. I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, especially after watching Mare of Easttown, for sure. Yes. Just breaking some asshole down. It's like, you think you're hot shit? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, my other idea was, uh, there's a storyline for Batman where it's like a flashpoint paradox where there's a different timeline instead of, uh, Martha and whatever Bruce's dad's name was. I can't remember right now. Uh, Bruce gets shot and he dies. So his dad becomes Batman and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker She's got the the chops to play crazy. She's got the chops to play an aristocrat. So I think that it would be really cool. You would have to keep that movie short and concise, but let her go fucking nuts as the Joker. I think I would love to see that. As soon as you said Batman, I was thinking her playing either a female version of Commissioner Gordon or Mm -hmm. a Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Oh, like one of the, uh, yeah, you would have to age it up a little bit, but, uh, Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If you had like the, the dark Knight kind of, uh, timeline where yeah, Batman's close to retirement, Barbara, she's probably like the commissioner. John Ham. John Ham is retired Batman. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to let her, I would like to either see her do, like you said, the authority, or I want to see her go fucking batshit nuts one last time. One That'd more heavenly creatures, one more eternal sunshine. Just let her go fucking crazy and have fun with it. So maybe I didn't frame the Selfridges thing right because I think we're along the same lines. So basically, becoming a what happens with 
the Selfridge story is becoming a big retail magnate in the UK. Yeah. Drives him to basically be like a drunken player. And it like drives his wife like absolutely insane. And, oh, cool. Like she starts to like, uh, it goes two ways. One, she like takes up causes to like spite him and stuff. But then like, uh, like she goes around fucking other people and like she doesn't go like batshit i'm gonna kill you crazy but like it's different it's like vengeance in a different way and i would absolutely love to see kate winslet do something like that because i think it's a bit out of character for her movies yeah uh and then the other thing i was thinking of was also uh along the power rolls as well but like like a house of cards type role where she's like the the female that's really driving things behind mm. the scenes like yes. that type of role i think would be really interesting to see her in that kind of role i like it yeah that's awesome i am excited to see our uh our various uh things so should, kate is still young enough we could see a lot more projects out of her and i hope you enjoyed our episode this has been couch critics canada you can find us on instagram you can find you can email us let you let us know what you think you want to see kate in uh what were your favorite movies is there any big messes but uh on our way out i think we definitely got to take a chance and say some uh what was what were we calling this not thank yous but uh like shout outs to stuff that you should check out. I've been uh, really looking forward to this. I've been missing it. Uh, Brian, you got anything that the people need to see? Oh, I sent that comedy special in the chat that you guys may have watched already. The YouTube special for JF Harris. Uh, people make mistakes. Wonderful. Probably one of the best comedy specials I've seen uh, come out in the past few years there's one thing that large comedy specials have been missing and like i liked ricky gervais new comedy special for example but the all large comedy specials right now feel preachy number one Mm. they always have one large agenda that they're pushing with their comedy and number two is they do feel out of touch it feels like all these comedians have uh it's one of two things either they just like walk lock themselves away in the pandemic and they've chosen a tribe to stick with so it's out of touch because they've done that or it's out of touch because they make too much money they don't have the same experiences that you and i have the everyday person has so you lose some of that humor that comes from it and then especially like you take a joe rogan he just panders to the audience he has right joe rogan used to be funny but now he's got his tribe and he's just gonna say shit that appeals to them because they're who make him the most money. Yeah. Uh, JF Harris. God, what a fucking funny special. It's it's a good amount of uh, self-deprecating mixed with charming and pure relatability. And it's fucking hilarious. I absolutely loved it. Was yeah. the intent uh, the the beginning of it? Because I love that special. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. I I thought some of those jokes were so fucking good, and he even played the edge a little bit, which you don't see too often anymore. But uh, was the opening intentionally a little weaker to try to draw people in? Like that's it seemed like there's yeah, some choices there. Yeah, I'm I I don't know. It's definitely normally 
Uh, normally with specials, you basically you you go strong. Like let's say if it's an hour, you want you have uh, what they say is like the first thirty, and then a lot of people turn off specials after that. So like you want your first thirty to be the strongest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely took a little bit of warm up. Like it didn't open the greatest, but I think it also kind of it sets the tone for like it lets you know enough about him that he can dive right into the stories almost the opening. It's like, okay, he moved to Florida uh, during the pandemic. He's living at home now, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So it kind of sets the tone for him to be able to now like hammer a bunch of stories without explaining things. That makes much more I sense. Think. That's just context set up. And he took the, the five minutes to, to get through it. Okay. Cause it yeah. seemed intentional, but I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. I think right. I think that's exactly it. Chalupa, is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, I just recently finished the more most recent season of Sex, Sex Education. Thought it was really well done. I had a good laugh. Um, what else there? Oh, I've been I've been rocking alone with my crew and some other um, Hell Attack uh, folk. It is a survivalist series. You must have heard of it. It's like Survivor Man, yes. but it's it's on History Channel. History, yeah. uh, <laughs> aliens are not in, in it yet, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, there's so many seasons out right now. I'm not sure how many, but we started at one. And so I've just been rocking that. I, I love this kind of stuff. I love survivalist um, things, like how do you survive and how the local people did it for so many years and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like because they've been on the Vancouver Island coast, they get like lots of garbage washed up and they can use that. So it's really cool to see how industrious these folks are and the challenge between uh, mental games, uh, hunger is a big one, dehydration is another one, and then for sure, um, <laughs> pardon me, the fear of like the predators because on Vancouver Island you have a shit ton of black bears, mountain lions, and um, wolves as well. So it's to see it's it's interesting to see how they all go about that, and so many of them are so different, and yeah, so it's it's been it's been a lot of fun watching that, and see like each episode is about forty five minutes to an hour, and uh, it's about I think ten episodes a season, so it goes by pretty quick when you're just waiting for a fire, and we all get to see this and like ooh that's really interesting, and so keep that in mind, and with us being out in the woods so much, it's kind of fun to you know, look at this and be like, oh, we can do that. Or maybe at some point, you know, I'll talk to the guys and like, hey, do we want to try to do like a little survivalist thing here or um, try to start fire or blah, blah, blah with like these tools or whatever. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, uh, I even though it's similar, but dissimilar, this uh, you're bringing up alone reminded me of a show I used to watch. Did you guys ever watch Band Tracker back in the day? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I fucking loved Man Tracker. I was this close to like being like, all right, I'm going on, like sending an audition tape in. So close to doing it. Yeah. I I absolutely loved that show. Loved it. So good. Yeah. And then they changed who the Man Tracker was. They they, they lost the old dude with the beard, and I was like, not for me anymore. No. Ah. He was such a rugged, handsome cowboy. I loved it. And yeah. yourself, 
Tim, what have you been rocking? All right, I got a couple of here, uh, so I'll try to go through quickly. But uh, season 11, episode 7 of Bob's Burgers, which the writing on it continues to get better and better. I love the songs. I love all the characters. But in this one, Gene has diarrhea, and they're trying to tell him stories to make him hate food. And there is a fucking amazing Predator uh, spoof that they do. And it's so goddamn funny. (laughs) So I definitely recommend that. And then uh, Indiana Jones, uh, because of franchise fan guys, a podcast where they go through various franchises. uh, They break it down into different segments. Uh, like different hour-long episodes to talk about maybe a couple of the movies here a couple of movies there but um it inspired me to go back and watch indiana jones the first three movies if you haven't seen them in years and years turn off your cell phone put them on the writing the music the you know silhouette when you see uh indy when uh they get in a a train car a mining carts and they're flying through like i was cheering and laughing and the sarcasm these movies there's something special about them and going back has been a lot of fun me and mom were uh, watching them so uh, i highly recommend if you haven't seen indiana jones in a lot of years uh definitely check that out but then franchise. Junior. It is you, Junior. <laughs> My son didn't bring the book. I think he came all that way. Sean Connery playing against character. It was so cool. He was like just this nerdy professor. He doesn't even get like a redemption into a badass. Yeah, no, no, no. He's just nerdy. Hits the guy in the eye with the the pen ink and <laughs> no I I the first one and the and the third one are some of my childhood favorites and one of the, like it just gives me like a tingly feeling when I see the plane like with the red line like dot to dot to dot and then it's like and then it zooms in it's like oh this is so cool yeah no love Indiana Jones my favorite fictional character he's just so fucking cool I wish I had an ounce of that cool. And then, uh, not to blow franchise fan guys too much, but uh, where we focus on an actor, they look at the franchise. And uh, there is definitely something valid for doing that. The way that they um, take time to speak about how uh, a franchise treats its audience, whether or not they treat them like idiots, why it gets lost, and how to bring them back, I find is very interesting. And honestly, I'm going to lift a lot of that and bring it to us as we continue to talk about actors and actresses and the the movie choices they make. Right on. 